Hey, everybody. Welcome once again to the Football Fandemic Summer Edition. Heading into the draft. We've been off a few weeks, but today we're going to jump in with some news. Talk a bit about the upcoming draft and see where we go. Stick around and join us. All right, guys. So uh, we've been off a couple weeks. Uh, not a lot always happening every week here as we are between that open free agency period and that draft period. We've had a little bit of movement. We're going to talk about some of that stuff, what happened, talk a little bit about what's coming up in the draft, and uh, uh, just have a, a small little uh, podcast for everyone here today. And then, of course, you know, after the draft, we'll probably come back more extensively and talk about what we think about our teams and just the draft overall. Uh, and I can tell you guys, I know much less about who is big in this year's draft than I have in many past draft classes, possibly because the quarterbacks aren't so great that people are talking about them as much. I mean, you're still going to get quarterback talk, but it's not like it has been. And secondly, the Colts don't have a first round pick. So it ends up being like, you know, when um, you go to your cousin's house for Christmas and then on Christmas Eve, their family always lets each kid open one gift and you realize you have no gifts because you're just visiting. And so you sit there and watch your cousins open gifts on Christmas Eve and you just know you don't have anything till the next day. That's me. It's me on on round one of draft day. I'm going to be sitting there looking at my cousins, picking on round one, getting open gifts and being all giddy about what they got. Not this guy. Not this guy. You guys both have a first round draft pick, right? Yeah. Got two. Oh, my goodness. You're that kid. You're that kid with two gifts (laughs) because his parents are just rich. Well, let's uh, let's jump into some of the stuff that's happened here over the last couple weeks uh, since we've been gone. I want to just jump back. We, Josh and I, talked about uh, Devontae Adams going to the Raiders and just what that meant and mattered. But we didn't get to have any input from Brandon Colmark. We don't know how long we have Brandon today. So I want to jump right in with that and say, Brandon, what are your thoughts? Aaron Rodgers comes back and finally signs the ink barely is dry on his contract. And Devontae's like, I'm out. What is going on? I think the important part to note is before Aaron had signed that contract, he knew Devontae Adams was not going to play for Green Bay next year. He did. Uh, So that's that's kind of the the big, big news there. And, you know, I've been keeping up with what Devontae's been doing and the interviews he's been doing out in Vegas. And there's a lot of really important stuff to Devontae and his family and himself out there. The first and foremost thing is it's always been his dream and Derek Carr's dream to play together in the NFL. Yeah. And I think I think that only comes second to the fact that he probably talked with Aaron Rodgers and he had to say, you know what, I don't know from year to year where you're going to be, because I don't even think Aaron Rodgers knows he's got this contract, but that doesn't mean he's going to finish it out. And I think they Mm -hmm. both are like, yeah, man, you got to do what's good. You got to get a quarterback you feel good with. And so Derek Carr, college. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, It's, you know, a very logical way to think about it. Another thing is he grew up a, a Raiders fan growing up in Southern California, Poor not boy. too far from where Oakland was, where the Raiders right. used to be. Uh, now in Vegas, still not a very far travel. And I, I had learned that his grandmother has never seen him play football in person. She could never Only get to Green Bay. Too cold. TV. Yeah. And, uh, and now she has an opportunity to go do that. So he, he moved closer, you know, it's, where all of his family is situated. You and know what? He's able to be with that. I hope that when she comes to see him for the first time, they let her get in the DJ booth and spin some tunes for everybody. Wiggle, 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 wiggle. 
get grandma in the house. <laughs> yeah, that, that would be fun. Devontae is going to be great. There's 32 teams in the NFL that would benefit from having Devontae as your wide receiver one. And uh, yeah. the Raiders are one of those teams. And so I'm happy that he's he's able to go out. There was no bad blood between him and Green Bay. They worked it out. Green Bay could have sent him somewhere else for you know, a lot more draft capital if they wanted it. But they were uh, paying the respectful route and sending him over there. And there was an initial thing. Green Bay initially was going to trade him for a first-round pick and an unnamed player. So we, we don't know who that player was. Mm-hmm. And then... Uh, someone came out and they said, whoa, 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 this is a franchise tag trade. So you can only trade for draft capital. You cannot trade for other uh, uh, members of a team, which is something I wasn't aware of. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't know if the two of you were aware of that either. I wasn't aware of it either. I thought there was a player involved in that first suit. Like- yeah. And so initially it was a first round pick and a player. And someone's like, well, wait, 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 it can't do that. Here, how about we just give you a first and second round pick for this year and we call it good. So Green Bay, Green Bay accepted that. And, you know, I, I saw a lot of a lot of things on oh, you know, Tyreek got more value for, you know, the Chiefs got more value for Tyreek Hill, which they did. That's true. Uh, but I, I felt like there was no bad blood between Devontae and, and Green Bay. You know, there was still a, a mutual feeling between the two teams of respect the two parties of respect and you know one day he might come back to lambeau field and play as a raider yeah. or green bay might go to vegas that's a very real possibility it'll be fun to watch but i'm rooting for Devonte all the way you know i i still have him as the the best receiver in the game if he could put up a thousand yards in a season with deshaun kaiser at quarterback which he did his first thousand <laughs> yard season yeah he can do he can do some damage with uh with Derek Carr in that Raiders offense. And so I'm happy for him. I'm happy his family gets that opportunity to be with him. Uh, and Green Bay is now just on their hunt for who their next guy is. And that's been the big flashy news. Yeah. Uh, we don't know. Is it going to be Debo Samuel? Maybe. He, he seems to have been having tensions with his team right now. He's going into a contract year. Uh, I don't know if Green Bay is going to land someone like that. They'll definitely be drafting in the top 100 one or two receivers. Uh, we have yeah. plenty of draft capital. If we want to move around, we can move around and, and take someone. Move up for a quarterback. The, what? You can package those picks and move up for a quarterback. I hear that's a good point. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll do that. Um, <laughs> yeah. Maybe one or two receivers in the top 100 picks. Maybe this is the year that the coveted first-round receiver, which is overrated, by the way, just you know taking a receiver in the first round does not inherit their value. What if? You guys have two first round picks. What if they go both picks wide receivers in the first round? That would blow your mind. A lot of people are talking about that. And uh, I think the internet would melt because (laughs) that that first round pick receiver that everyone's been saying Green Bay needs to take the past two seasons, we just made up for it. And this is a good, good wide receiver draft as well. So, well, I'm going to point this out. There is never going to be a bad wide receiver draft again from here okay out. yeah yeah from, from here out I'm really going back a couple of years you know there, there's going to be some misses but the way that they're training receivers in college these days it's insane they're training them like professionals and mm-hmm. so now the the quality of receiver coming in, into the nfl is getting better and better and better and we're not going to have a bad receiver draft 
again. So now the the big money picks are going to go to uh, cornerbacks and edge rushers, right? People who can keep mm-hmm. the ball from getting to those receivers in a timely manner. Yeah. I mean, Green Bay just took a first round corner last year. However you want to argue, it could be argued as the best rookie corner from last year and one of the top 10 in the NFL from mm-hmm. last season. And so Eric, Eric Stokes had significant improvement. And I think it helped that he was training against Devontae Adams for that. There's no you know disagreement there. The Day one, he was going against Devontae Adams and he was having to learn how to move against the shiftiest receiver in the NFL. Yeah, that's and bound to make I have better. no doubt that helped. Yeah, absolutely. And so Green Bay's got, uh, I mean, we have Alan Lazard. He's our wide receiver one right now. Our, our big hand, big body blocker that might be a tight end. We're not sure. Uh, but <laughs> The way Matt LaFleur runs his offense is he schemes things up for people. And so Devontae Adams had excellent games uh, when he was schemed up for, and he was schemed up for a lot because he drew attention to defenses. But now you're not going to see as much attention drawn to one player in Green Bay, so Matt LaFleur is going to get a bit more creative. I'm looking forward to see the prospect of Kylan Hill return uh, to Green Bay. He's a running back that tore his ACL last year and is coming back uh, and kind of moving Aaron Jones to Maybe, uh, you know, the Debo Samuel role, you know, hmm. backfield and lining up as a receiver. Because uh, we, we know he has the tools to do that. And he's made some spectacular catches over the past couple seasons uh, for a running back. And Debo Samuel for a receiver has made some spectacular runs for a receiver. And so that's kind of the way I feel Aaron Jones is going to be used. And then as our primary running back, you know, just beating people down with A.J. Dillon and – Kylan Hill has a very similar set in the backfield to Aaron Jones. So you can kind of move Aaron Jones around and have your primary running backs be A.J. Dillon and Kylan Hill. Uh, I think that's a fun thing to play around with, at least in my mind it is. Yeah, it's funny. Just a bit ago, someone said, oh, the Colts should uh, sign Marlon Mack on the cheap because he's still out there and then put Naheen Himes in that slot because he's such a good receiver and runner and he could be that Debo Samuel type person. Uh, Obviously, Marlon Mack has signed with the dreaded Texans, so he will be against us a couple times a year, and that won't happen. But that's a, it's funny because that philosophy is now starting to proliferate through people's minds in the league now that they've seen that kind of thing done. And I think seeing Devontae Adams leave and go to Las Vegas um, kind of speaks to our... So that was our, our, our farthest back trade we were going to talk about. The, the most recent uh, kind of news is David Carr got an extension And I think as soon as I saw Devontae Adams go to Las Vegas, I knew that was going to happen. I knew that that, um, they were not thinking, okay, we might get a different quarterback. Uh, Josh McDaniels was saying, I'm I'm with this guy and I'm bringing him somebody he's comfortable with. And the fact that they had that history together uh, kind of was the writing on the wall that this would get done. But um, he signed for just north of 40 million a year, got like 121 for three years, something like that. So it seems to be the going rate these days for quarterbacks. And, you know, out, out of that Devontae news, you know, it, it cleared up a lot of cap space for Green Bay. Right. Uh, and it'll, it allowed us to re-sign Rasul Douglas, who was so instrumental in, in that Packers defense. It's a good problem to have for Green Bay. Oh, no, we have too many great corners. What are we going to do? You know, that's, <laughs> that's something you'll never hear a defensive coordinator say. You'll be like, put them all out there and stop everything. And like so, I said, with all the better wide receivers coming in the league, corners are going to become more valuable. Yeah. And, you know, 
Rasul Douglas was not an expensive piece for Green Bay to sign, and he wanted to sign back with Green Bay. And as soon as Devontae got traded out, you saw it was it was like a six-hour difference. You know, Rasul came to Green Bay, signed his contract, and the deal was done. And he makes $7 million a year uh, on the cap for the next three seasons. So with that, and Devontae Campbell was also re-signed, uh, which was a, a big thing. That happened just before the Devontae trade, though. You know what this um, is called? Devontae Campbell we had brought back. This is kind of called dominoes, right? Uh, Devontae mm-hmm. Adams, that deal cleared up things and allowed other things to happen. We saw another case of dominoes with another big quarterback. Uh, Tom Brady came back to the Bucks. We talked about that last time. But what we didn't talk about, because what we didn't know at that time, was that the very next day, I think it was, Bruce Arian said, by the way, I'm retiring from coaching. I'm going to go into the front office, and Todd Bowles is going to be the new head coach, and we don't even have to interview anybody else because of the timing of all this. What are you guys' thoughts on Bruce Arians deciding to hang it up? I think this was more of a, a Tom Brady thing. Yeah, I, I know there was some, some conflict between the two of them. The interesting thing I saw, you know, before he was removed, I'm going to say, I feel like it was more of a removed role. Basically, the organization saying, hey, retire and come into the front office. I, I know Tom Brady had interest in purchasing the Miami Dolphins yeah. and also yeah. playing quarterback. Yeah. Them. Which would have been so, so weird to be a minority oh owner gosh. of a team and play football on that team. It's a crazy thought to uh, to kind of put out there. I mean, I'm here for it. Uh, it's a different NFL today than it, it previously was. I, I was talking to someone about it, and they're like, is that allowed? And back in the day, and I mean early NFL days, you know, the owner would most likely be the coach. And so they yeah. they were owning and coaching at the same time. So why can't someone own a team and play? Just got to be the same team. So he can't be a minority owner in the Dolphins and play for the Bucks. That would be a no. Yeah, that's a conflict of interest right there. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I I agree. I think think Bruce Arians was like kind of helped along into this position. What I was surprised, and I think I told Josh this last time, what I was surprised is I fully expected Brian Leftwich to kind of get a shot and they went with Todd Bowles. So. I think they might have gone the wrong way. I think Brian left, which might have been a better, better candidate. But I think, you know, the truth is Tom Brady's really uh, helping set a lot of what's going on in the offense. And so Todd Bowles will be fine. I don't know if they still do it now, but back in like the 80s, 70s, the MLB, um, most know Pete Rose. But I remember he was like the manager of like the Reds and played for it, played baseman hit, and, you know, you know, hit, you know, hit baseball, et cetera. So he was the manager and played at the same time. I don't know if they still do that now, but. It's, you know, it's not far off from the 80s till, you know, 2020 that they did that. Pete Rose was ahead of his time because he owned and played and gambled, which is all legal now. Yeah. <laughs> which was not then. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We got some other some other uh, news that happened. Frank Gore, um, third leading running back in the NFL, uh, signed with the 49ers for a day and retired. Uh, he was a Colt for a year or two. And uh, I enjoyed Frank Gore. Good work ethic, good person. But yeah, he retired. So good for you, Frank Gore. We also had like a weird trade. You know, usually you see like this player traded for a pick and another player or stuff like that. We got one that was just picks, right? Saints and Eagles like got on the phone and they said, let's make a deal where we'll just trade some picks this year and next year. What do you guys think of that? I don't remember all of the details. I just remember it was weird to hear about when it first came out. Well, I think it was the Saints get there for the Eagles because the Eagles have three picks this year. I think the Saints get like their 14th pick or something this year. 
the Eagles get their pick next year, so they basically got more capital than the Eagles did. And then the Eagles got like a second or third this year, also the Saints, was accompanied with like six or seven round picks or whatever. But I'm very interested in to see what the Saints do with this because I didn't think they – I think they're the last to do this now that they got Winston. They're not in the market for a quarterback. I know they need a receiver to accompany uh, Michael Thomas and a couple of other pieces, but last year before Winston was injured, they were right on the cusp of getting like that seventh or sixth seed before it fell off when he was injured. So I'm really interested to see what they do with that second pick, whether it's a quarterback or something else to help them along with those, you know, along with their building. What's interesting is they did this so long before the draft. They, they draft, they traded up to a position to do something, but we don't know yeah. what. So they're not high enough that somebody couldn't trade in front of them if they were trying to get a certain player. Um, unless mm-hmm. they think there's like, you know, two or three, four players, five players they think will be there that they can pick because they got those two picks really close, right, the Saints? Like at 14, 14, 18 or something, yeah. Yeah, and so uh, is it's interesting to see what they're trying to do and if it'll work out or if there'll be a trade that kind of eliminates what they were trying to do just before they get on the clock, <laughs> which could happen. Yeah. Devontae Parker went from Miami, right, uh, up to New England, right, in division, um, Colin Kaepernick, he's been trying to come back. Uh, he went and threw some balls with Michigan's uh, Pro Day, something like that, uh, with Jim Harbaugh. Everybody politely watched. And then uh, I think Pete Carroll said, hey, you know, you guys need to give him a chance. But uh, Pete Carroll's not giving him a chance. So yeah. I don't know what's going on Pete there. Carroll's, <laughs> Pete Carroll's the one that, like, completely, you know, went out and everybody gave him a chance, et cetera, et cetera. And then, like, a couple years later, and then, like he said a couple years later, and then again, after he went out on the last year, he's like, you know, Carroll's a free agent. I don't, we don't have a spot for him right now, but I bet he can still make a team, et cetera, et cetera. But then now they need a quarterback, and he's still like, we need a quarterback, et cetera, but we don't have a spot for him on our roster. Right. Yeah, but somebody else needs him, though. Yeah. And then he looks down on everybody, and it's just, you know. Yeah. I think that was a case of him saying what what he thought would be great for everybody to hear, and maybe what he believes a little bit, but his team, at least. Uh, and I don't know how much he has to say in that, but they're not willing to, to, to go that route. It looks like, unless they're just waiting, you know, right now we still got Baker Mayfield who I just got a, a little ding on my phone about two minutes ago saying Baker feels disrespected. <laughs> well, is that true? Baker, do you feel disrespected? Uh, they've now got four quarterbacks on that, uh, on that team and they're actively looking to get rid of him. Uh, everybody thought Seattle might be the one, and Seattle might just be saying, you know what, we're going to get Baker super cheap or free. Well, not free, but we're not going to have to trade yeah. anything because they're not going to be able to keep him on the roster. I mean, I don't know how they would now. They talked about keeping him to play, but Deshaun Watson, uh, I don't know if you heard, but it seems like none of the 22 uh, civil cases are going to even start trial this year. So it looks like he's going to play all year unless the NFL says – I mean, because I, I can't imagine the NFL putting the imposing the punishment before the verdicts come. And so uh, Deshaun may play all this year <clears throat> on his $1 million base salary that was kind of set so he wouldn't lose very much if he was suspended. <laughs> He'll play all this year. Uh, Baker, and of course, they have uh, Jacoby Brissett as a backup, and then they got another guy. I forget who the th- third one they brought in was, but Baker may be going to Seattle. We'll see. That's to be decided, or Baker may end up nowhere, which would be very odd, you know, for for him. Maybe Colin Kaepernick will end up in Seattle. We'll just have to wait and find out. 
We do know this. There was a, a rule change proposed by Indianapolis and Philadelphia, I believe, um, to change overtime rules. And it was adopted now for postseason only, but postseason only now if uh, it goes to overtime, both cha- both teams get the chance to possess the ball on offense. Am I correct in that? Yeah, so only in postseason, basically, if someone scores, they get the chance, and if they don't score, game's over. If they score again, it's overtime, overtime, overtime. Yeah. So it'll be fun, and especially the playoffs, because that's when the games start, you know, becoming interesting. Where like, like the sport, you know, you start watching the games in playoffs. You don't really care about your midseason or you know, et cetera, et cetera. It's playoffs when everything matters. Yeah, I mean, I do care about this season because one game would have changed yeah, me too. us, <laughs> but yeah, but yeah. I'll be interested to see how many times that actually even comes into play. Um, this next postseason, we may not have a single tie. We may not get to see what that looks like, but we'll see. On the other hand, we are going to get to see some fireworks uh, before the season even begins with one Washington commander team because it seems like Dan Snyder's got himself in some business. Talk to us, Josh. What's going on in the land of D.C.? So I don't know if there, I can't remember if there's something else that happened within the last three weeks that I was talking, but the big news that's reported recently, I think it's been going on for a while reporting between us, our three period, it was Dan Snyder has been reportedly accused or reportedly accused and, you know, is getting looked at by um, the NFL, not the NFL, the government, um, the U.S. House of, of Oversight Committee is um, looking at if he has actually um, kept like a different book for revenues because I think like it's like 20% or 40% or something like that of sick revenues and sales, et cetera, for games has to go to the NFL and Roger Goodell. And he's been keeping different books. So the NFL gets less and he gets more, et cetera, et cetera. From what I know now is, um, I leaked a couple, actually not leaked, but I guess reported, uh, yesterday, almost a day ago or so, but former Washington commanders, VP Jason Friedman or Friedman told the oversight committee that the commanders had two sets of books and intentionally allocated NFL revenue to non-NFL events at FedEx field concerts, college games, et cetera. So that wouldn't be part of the NFL's revenue sharing pool, basically putting these concerts, these college games, et cetera, into another book of revenue so they wouldn't be counted as ticket sales towards the NFL. Yeah, that, that may get him in some trouble. He's gotten, he's skated through a lot yeah. of stuff in his life, but when you start messing with uh, NFL's money, yeah. owner's money, they might get a little iffy about that. So you may get your wish that you've wished for so long. Dan Snyder may be on his way out. Somebody else on their way in. I'm hoping it is. Who yeah. knows who that would I'm be. I'm hoping this is the case because like the past allegations, whatever it was, you know, whatever, like the minor ones, I guess, whatever he did, they were minor. But the major one he did recently was mistreating of employees, you know, the photo shooting of leaked nude girls, et cetera, et cetera, with emails with um, John, John Gruden or Jay Gruden, one of those two. That wasn't really government stuff that was just like of course it was illegal but it wasn't like dealing with the irs's money the government's money or the nfl's money this is more stuff like you're messing with roger goodell you're messing with the government's money and what you owe etc etc this can be probably the i'm hoping this is the break the one that breaks the camel's back he's forced to sell his team or whatever well we will have to see if that happens yeah he's been there for a long time he's synonymous with the washington whatever they happen to be at the time redskins football team commanders uh, but that can all change in today's age. That can change real quick. Uh, we know that uh, the Rams are still on the move, right? Rams uh, who say, we don't need picks. We don't need money. Let's just keep bringing in players. They brought in another one, Bobby Wagner, now a Ram, right? Uh, they just keep the rich get richer. Large deal right there. Yeah. 
large. I mean, I remember thinking they can't do any more. How can they do any more? It's the same way I felt about the Kansas City Chiefs when they just kept signing people to these humongous deals. And you're like, how do they do that? But cap gymnastics these uh, these years are different and maybe changing for good. Um, and we'll see. You know, if these teams like the Rams keep winning by just continually bringing in overpriced veteran talent, we'll see what happens. But I, I still feel like it's going to balance sometime. I feel like those people who draft well and don't spend big are still going to find themselves in good positions. It just it may change the, the way contracts are done, this whole guaranteed money counting less toward the cap than other kinds of money. I don't really know cap money uh, strategy, but it'll be interesting to watch. Uh, the Chiefs did get rid of a big contract, Tyreek Hill, and then they went and signed MVS. Somebody, Brandon, I think, was hoping would maybe come back to the Green Bay Packers. Won't be. He has now kind of taken that place of Tyreek Hill as the speedster uh, to stretch that field. Yeah, just just imagine the guy that sews all the names on the jerseys, and you go from Tyreek Hill, and you add <laughs> Valdez Gantling and Smith Schuster. Yeah, he went from Hill to, oh my goodness. I mean, they probably have a machine that does that, but it's funny to think about a guy sitting there with a needle and thread cursing. Well, yeah, Green Bay, Chiefs. Green Bay has little old ladies that do it for us. Do they? <laughs> that live yeah. there, right there in Wisconsin? Perfect. Yeah. The, the, most, the most Packers thing, right? Right. The most Packers thing. Uh, Stefan Diggs got himself a big payday up there in Buffalo. And that's not the only thing that's going on in Buffalo. The Bills are set uh, to get a new stadium uh, and getting a lot of money from, um, is it just the state of New York? I'm not really sure. The government, state of New York, a couple of sponsors, and then the Buffalo Bills itself, I believe. Yeah. It's like, I think it's like a three-way, a three-way trade per se thing. Type of deal. This just proves one thing. You get the right quarterback and you start winning – and things change in your organization. You you got receivers wanting to come and wanting to stay. You get new um, stadiums, all sorts of things that the Colts used to enjoy. And now, you know, we're trying to get back to that. We're, we're suffering right now from that. No, no uh, free agent is like, you know where I really want to play? I want to go to Indianapolis because that city's awesome and they have a great quarterback. Now, I, I do believe Matt Ryan's going to be good for us, but I still don't think he's like the huge draw that if somebody's like, okay, I could play for Matt Ryan or Aaron Rodgers. I, I think I know which way that's going to go. Both of those are like not great cities to live in, but yeah, quarterback makes a difference. If somebody says, oh, I could play with Josh Allen or Matt Ryan, I think they're going to go to Buffalo. You know, it's one of those situations where we're still, uh, we're better than we were, I think with Carson Wentz, but we are having a hard time attracting any good free agent talent. Uh, even if we make an offer, they want to go somewhere, you know, that Bobby Wagner's of the world want to go to the Rams. They want to go somewhere where they think I'm going to win and I'm going to win big. So, uh, but anyway, Bill's getting, getting their receiver extended, getting their, getting their stadium, all good stuff. Uh, Brandon Cook's also got an extension down in Texans. Now that is not a case of my quarterback is so good. Who is that? David Mills who I know nothing about, even though he's in our the AFC South. I couldn't tell you two things about David Mills, except he plays for the Texans. He's, That's one. <laughs> he's, he's the next NFL MVP. You think so? Uh, start betting now. Start savings. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think I'm going to be betting my savings on that because 
that team is the team that has been the most in disarray. You know, I know the Jacksonville Jaguars are bad and, and they've had like some disarray, but I think even they are going to be better than the Texans this coming year. Just uh, they've added so much. They went on that big spending spree. They got a new coach who's a who's a very good quarterback coach, uh, Peterson with um, Trevor Lawrence down there. I think they're going to do better. So I think right now I'm not going to be betting on the Texans uh, to have an MVP quarterback. <laughs> Watch me be wrong. That would be crazy. Uh, what else we got? We talked about Derek Carr, uh, Stephen Gilmore. Uh, Stephen Gilmore is uh, reportedly close to a deal with the Rams. Uh, surprise, surprise. Another one thinking about the Rams. They just never stop. Somebody uh, I recently saw said, you know what? The Honey Badger's been on the market for about a month now, and nobody's gotten him. How, how soon before the Rams just go after him, too? And I, I wouldn't I wouldn't put it past them to say, you know what, let's just do another one. We have something on here that I know nothing about. NFL pushing for flag football as a summer Olympic game. What are we talking about here, Josh? So I saw this, I added this. I saw this on Twitter, like it's NFL CBS footage or something like that. And I looked it up. I was interested. I was like, all right, it's just, you know, they're pushing for an NFL or an Olympic games or whatever. And I looked it up just recently because I was more interested. We were talking about it. And NFL wants, it basically Google says, NFL wants to include football in their 2027 Olympics. And it says to expand their popularity internationally, CEOO of NFL International, Damani Leach, Damani Leach said the league is looking to get more people involved with flag football. And according to CNBC is at a, as part of its 10 year international growth plan. So is this something that like current NFL players would, cause they're professional, so they wouldn't be eligible. Although NBA players uh, yeah. now play. Oh, yeah. I think MLB does too. I don't know if they're in the Olympics. So, but. Yeah, we may talk more about that. We have some time before the summer Olympics get here. Oh, we can talk about okay. America. I'm kind of reading, but America was in the Olympics, actually, but it's not been recognized in Olympic sports since 1932 when it was used as a demonstration sport. So it wasn't Olympics at the time. I think they're just trying to give it, bring it back as more of a, a safe way, I guess, because it's flag football rather than tag football. And it is another opportunity for the International Olympic Committee to see flag football's potential uh, is in July Oh, another opportunity for the Olympic Committee to see flag football's potential it has is in July of 2022 World Games, which will be take place in Alabama. Well, I'll say so this. It's kind of getting overseen soon. Yeah. If they if they get it in there, um, that will maybe open some of the world's eyes to football a little bit. But flag football is nothing like real football, in my yeah. opinion. Uh, it, it's nice. It gives you the, the, the gist, but yeah. It gives you the basics. But then once you get into like regular football, you see all the hard hits and the Ooh, and like all the excitement that comes out when flag football is just like, oh, he scored, and he wasn't touched, or a flag was pulled, whatever. Mm. That's cool. He makes a great catch. I mean, the great catch is still in flag football, but, but it's so much better watching regular football or college football or whatever. Yeah. Well, guys, uh, we have when when does the draft start? April twenty eighth okay. till thirtieth of April. So last week of April. So we still have another week. I'm gonna, uh, you know, we we have on here uh, to talk about our mock draft. Uh, I don't know exactly how many names I'm going to be able to give you in that. Uh, I can give you positions, uh, but I think maybe we should talk about the mock draft next week some. I know Brandon has some stuff he has to get to today. By the way, everybody on the podcast, Brandon is finishing up a master's degree this month. Super busy, but also super great for him. And uh, then he and Abigail can move a little closer to where she works. Uh, for all of you who are uh, better than 0 and 15 people out there you know both Brandon and Abigail as they typically do 
well in the fantasy football that we have, although Brandon's usually the tops. Abigail, she's down here with the rest of us mortals this year. <laughs> so uh, so maybe we'll talk about the mock draft some next next time, or maybe just talk about like our team uh, needs, even if it's not names, uh, get into some of that. Uh, but for today, uh, I think that's a, a good, concise little football podcast. Do want to mention before we go, though, that Dwayne Haskins uh, passed away uh, freak accident uh, car. I don't know if it ran out of gas or, or what, but he was trying to cross an interstate and was hit by a dump truck headed on and um, passed away, I think, pretty immediate. Very sad uh, because he was young and a talent and uh, he was just getting kind of going there in uh, Steelers Nation. He was going to be probably the backup to Mitch Trubisky, if not pushing Mitch Trubisky, but um, he will be missed. As for us, I think that's what we've got for today. And we're going to come back next week, talk a little bit about what our team needs in the draft, what we hope they'll do, and maybe we'll talk about the draft overall and some of your teams out there. Till then, Football Fandemic. <laughs>